Well, it's going to be your last time praising his name. And if you got the opportunity, you ought to take it. Grace and joy to you, beloved. Want to welcome you to the New Beginnings Church. We are an expository teaching and preaching church. That means we believe in preaching through the entire book of the Bible. Books and chapters at a time, family. And we know you could have been in one of over 500 churches in the Fresno metro area. And so we don't take your presence lightly that you are here with us today. We want to invite you to look on with us as we preach through this marvelous book called Luke. We are in uh, the first installment of this book. We will probably be here if the Lord delays his coming all of this year, 2019 and some, until we finish it. Amen. So our text today finds us in Luke chapter 1, verse 57 through 80. Luke chapter 1, verses 57 through 80. Excuse me while I shout a minute. I, uh, on yesterday, had the privilege to go and visit a friend of mine who's been incarcerated for 38 years. We grew up together in the hood. My life took me one way, and his took him another. And we rejoiced on yesterday. He said something to me that changed my perspective on worship. He's doing 40 years to life. And he said, Andy, I go to the board next year, but I'm okay. If they don't let me come home, I'm all right with Jesus. Y'all didn't hear me. This man ain't never been to the prom, ain't never had a driver's license, ain't never owned his own apartment, never been married, don't have no kids, never had a real job, don't know what it's like to live in a free world, but incarcerated, he said to a free man, in case you forget why you're here, your life ought to be lived for the glory of God. And I asked myself driving home, Reverend White, what's wrong with us? Everything in the world, every reason in the world to worship him. Maybe it takes some incarceration to get your attention. What is the Lord going to have to do in your life this year for you to finally understand what your real purpose is? Now, with that being said, I'm going to preach from my mind out today. We're going to talk today about a miracle for Zacharias. Your Bibles are open to Luke chapter 1, verse 57. We'll read our text. Now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered. And she brought forth a son. When her neighbors and her relatives heard how the Lord has shown great mercy to her, they rejoice with her. And so it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child. And they would have called him by the name of his father, Zacharias. And his mother answered and said, no, he shall be called John. But they said to her, there 
there's no one in your relatives who's called by this name, John. So they made signs to his father what he would have called him. And he asked for an iPad. And he wrote saying, his name is John. And so they all marveled. And immediately, his mouth was open. And his tongue was loosed. And he spoke, praising God. And then fear came on all who dwelt around them. And all these sayings were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all those who heard them, they kept them in their hearts saying, what kind of child will this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. Now his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he prophesied saying, blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. And he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke from the mouth of the holy prophets who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all those who hate us to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath which he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him, God, without fear. Serve him in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. And you, child, he turns now, he has this baby. This is Zacharias preaching. He picks up baby John. You, child, will be called the prophet of the highest. For you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. So the child grew and became strong in spirit. And he was in the deserts to the day of his manifestation. Israel. And all God's children said, you may be seen. A miracle for Zacharias. A miracle has happened, Reverend Nichols, in this lesson today. The promise of God's son for Zacharias and Elizabeth has come to pass. A promise of a son in their old age has been fulfilled by God. And this baby is no ordinary baby. He is the promised child who was sent into the world to be the forerunner for Christ. The miracle 
has brought the entire hill country of Judea together. And they are amazed because this old woman is having a baby. And according to the text, when they showed up to the circumcision, they all begin to question what would the, the baby's name be? Surely Zacharias would make him Zach Jr. After waiting so long. But Mama Elizabeth said no. She reminded them what the angel Gabriel told her husband in the temple. That this baby's name was going to be called John. And at that time, the community got indignant. Say, what do you mean? You ain't got nobody in your family named John. They turned to the priest and said, what, what, what he should be called? The preacher asked for something to write his name down on. And when he got it, he said that his name was going to be called John. And here in the text is where we see the miracle happen. The Bible says that at that time when Zacharias wrote the name John, that his mouth came open. Some of you Bible readers know what happened right there. See, the angel Gabriel had told Zacharias, because you don't believe what God wants to do in your family, I'm going to take your voice. And you ain't going to be able to speak until the miracle come forth. Can I say some more? The Bible says that when he finally wrote down what the promise was, he got his voice back. Now I need to stop right there because I've been thinking about something all week. It's a dangerous thing when the preacher gets his voice back. Are y'all with me here? It's a dangerous thing when the father of the family gets his voice back. It's a dangerous thing, watch this, when the Christian who loses their voice because of disobedience gets it back after that season. The miracles that will take place when you get your voice back after a season of disobedience. Can I tell you, it's a powerful thing to get your voice back. Who am I talking to today? Somebody lost their witness because you didn't believe God's word. But when you believe it and you own it for yourself, God will give you your voice back. And when he gives you your voice back, it's a reminder to us that God will always do what he said he's going to do. Can I say some more? And when he does it, he expects you to speak to others about the glory that's in his name. So there are four things in this text I want to wrestle with today, and I'm going to need your help. Y'all going to help me? If you're going to help me, say holler at me. I'm going to talk today about God's divine proclamation. God's divine power. God's divine person. And God's divine provision. Y'all got them? Don't make it up. It's in the text. Let's waddle in here. Beginning at verse 67. Keep your Bibles open there. Verse 67. The text says, Now his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, 
say. Blessed is the Lord God of Israel. For he has visited and redeemed his people. This is the first thing he said after he got his voice back. Nine months of silence. Y'all with me now? Beloved, when we come to this portion of the text, we see the beginning of what I call is divine proclamation. That is declaring, first of all, freedom by a savior that is to come. See, according to the spirit of God, who had filled Zacharias at that moment on the spot, has shown him that the Lord was coming to visit his people. Here it is. Look at the text. The word redeem in this text is the verse, or rather, is the verb that means to set free by paying a price. Are you with me here? Uh, when I was little, we used to take bottles in the hood to the boys' market. And on every bottle, it said, redeem, five cents. Some old folk talk to me. When I set the bottle free, I got paid. Are you listening in? Zacharias has said that Jesus was coming to earth to set free his possessions. Because they were held captive by an enemy. Are you listening here? Zacharias hadn't spoken nine months, Reverend Brown. And when this preacher got the opportunity to say something, he started off preaching the good news. Got his voice back. This is powerful, Manuel, because humanity up to this time had been unable to see themselves free from bondage. All of the world was held captive by sin, by Satan, and by the world. Are you with me here? And when Zacharias gets the chance to speak, he's been thinking nine months what he was going to preach about. When he come through this lesson, he learned I ain't disobeying God no more. Come on, y'all playing church with me this morning. Somebody know that prayer because you didn't pray to me for Lord, if you get me out of this, I promise you I'll speak for you. I clip, I'm the only one in there. Okay. Y'all stay cute. I'm gonna keep it real. I believe that we can learn from Zacharias in this text. If we've lost our voice in our families, in our communities, we've lost the ability to speak. If we have not been able to share the good news and God gives us back our platform, we need to be about spreading the message of the gospel. Beloved, if we've lost our influence and God has given it back to you in 2019, you need to take the opportunity to tell somebody about the good news of Jesus Christ. What I like about this text is Zacharias was the preacher and had a hard time believing God's word. God said, well, I'm going to show you something. But when he got his lesson, got his voice back. We've looked at God's divine proclamation and how a miracle 
can change your life. Amen. Now let's look at God's divine power and discover what he desires to do for you. Amen. Verse 69. And when he began to preach, he said, and God has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all of our haters. It's in the Bible. There it is. Verse 72, to perform the mercy promise to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. Amen. Beloved, can I work here for you? Yes. When you come to this portion of the text, we discover that Zacharias, under the power of the Holy Spirit, he uses what I call is word imagery to share with the people about the power that God has for them and the victory that he has already won for them. Okay, let me paint the picture. It's the picture of an army that had been taken captive and then God arrives to relieve them from their enemy. Let me give you a word picture because I know y'all like my business, so let me let you in my closet. Kids, when I was in the seventh grade, I was walking home from school and, and I lived far from my school. In fact, you know, we used to have to walk 20 miles uphill in the snow. Both ways. But that's a grandpa story right there. But the truth is, I had to cross two rival gang neighborhoods to get to my middle school. The first week of school, I'm coming home, and that's when all the gangs would come to the school, and they would begin to pick with those who wasn't affiliated. Are you with me here? Yes, sir. A homeboy named Saren and I were walking home, and we saw these guys coming in, so we crossed the street. And they crossed the street. They kept coming, and we crossed the street back. Are you with me here? And they crossed the street back. Saren said to me, I'm going to run through this field. I said, I ain't running. He took off. And some of them took off chasing him. But the others stayed behind following me. Are you with me here? I got nervous. But I wanted to say I ain't afraid. Have you ever been there? But you've been scared to death? I was scared to death. They caught me at the end of 122nd and Bud Long. And they whooped my gluteus maximus. They stomped me. They were from the 112th Street Hoover Crips. Are you listening? I lived in what was called as the Raymond Avenue Crip section of town. As they were whooping me and stomping me, 
I heard a bunch of other feet come running from my neighborhood. It was the Raymond Avenue Crips. Are you listening here? And they chased the 112 Street Hoover Crips off of me. Are you listening here? They became saviors from an enemy. See the picture here? I'm not saying validating gang activity was right, but the story is correct. See, when we came to earth, Satan took us hostage and began to beat us from the womb to the tomb. So all of your life has been lived under the hand of an angry enemy. Are you with me here? But God had prophesied through time he was going to send a warrior. And this warrior was going to run your enemy. Are you with me here? And when Zacharias gets his voice back, guess what he does? Reminds the people that the warrior is coming. Y'all don't have to cry no more. Now that's preaching. I don't know where he, Are y'all in here? This, this text is teaching us that, that, that Zacharias is reminding them in previous verses, verses 70 through 72, that this enemy was real. This hater was real. But what he does in verse 69 is he pronounces the word salvation for them, right? He says, God raised up a horn of salvation for us who was in the house of David. And this is powerful, beloved, because the word salvation here carries the connotation of a redeemer. Remember the bottle story I told you about? One who's going to take back his possession. For his own honor and glory. Yeah. Ah, I know you ain't impressed, so let me come across the field. When Jesus Christ as Savior comes into your life, he redeems you <laughs> and forgives you. I don't care what they said about you in school, I don't care what your family history was. I don't care how many bad things you've done. It's all under the blood. Hey, that's worth you shouting today. I said that's worth you shouting today. When he saves you, he redeems you. So you can let go of those old tags. Let go of those old nicknames. Let go of those old identity features you have. You keep holding on to. You useless. You ain't no good. You this. You that. You dumb. You're this. You too dark. You too light. You too fluffy. Come on, talk to me. You can let go of all that stuff. You've been redeemed. <laughs> oh, look at somebody and tell them I'm a miracle. I like this text because the power that's proclaimed by Zacharias is a power that was prophesied by the prophets in the Old Testament. That's what he's saying in the text, that God in due time, look at verse 72 because I don't want to leave you here. God in due time, watch this, will perform the mercy that was promised to our fathers and remember his holy covenant. It was the oath that he swore to Father Abraham. Here it is. When Zacharias begins to preach this message, Sister Wilson, he is remembering what God said that he was going to do. 
He's proclaiming what he already knew God said. Here it is. He is being reminded by the Holy Spirit about the promises of God that have been proclaimed and were to come. Okay, the divine power that's being talked about in this verse is stunning to me, beloved. It's stunning because in this power, verse 74, Zechariah says God was going to grant us that we, look at this, look at this, being delivered by the hand of our enemies. What, what, what would happen with that power? We might be able to serve him you see that there? Without fear. In holiness and righteousness. Before him, all the days of our life. Let me, I'll go back to my gang story just because I know you're fascinated now. Y'all know what that did to me? When that rival gang came running through the neighborhood? You don't know what it did to me. When I got up the next day and went to school, I had a different stroll. Y'all missed it? Can I show you it again? I had a different straw. Because I had a new assurance that somebody had my back. Can I talk about what it means to be a Christian? Satan tried to destroy me, but God's got mine. So now I can walk through life, man, with no fear. Death don't make me afraid because I got the one who whooped death. Are you with me here? Storms and tragedies and trials and tribulations, they may come, but they don't make me fearful because I got the one who walks on the storm. Are you listening here? Boy, that Bible is clear as mud. Are y'all with, with me today? Zacharias is re reminding them about the power that comes from a divine God Amen. and the power that was promised. Amen. Lean in, this ain't in my notes, but let me tell you something. 2019, don't fret Come on. over stuff that come your way. Right. Courtney, don't make it give you, don't let it give you fear, mommy. Come on because the one who has all power yeah. has already promised. Yeah. He's got you. Yeah. He's gonna take care of you. So you don't have to be fearful at your enemies. Are y'all listening here? High fives and tell them, tell them. High fives and tell them, not this year. No, not this year. This power is divine. We've looked at God's divine proclamation. We've looked at God's divine power. Now let's look a God's divine person. It's in the verse. Verse 76. The Bible says that Zachariah said, and you, child. See, who's he talking to? John. You, child. Is that a Rafiki and Simba moment? Well, my Lion King folks are child will be called the prophet of the highest. For you will go before the face of the Lord and prepare 
his ways. To give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission, Alyssa, of their sins. Daughter, look at this. When we arrive at this portion of the text, we get to see God's divine person sent to us as a messenger that will lead the revolution of heaven to redeem mankind. Can I say some more? As a divine person, his job, John the Baptist, will be to go before Jesus to prepare his way. Zacharias is saying to his son, John, John, God's going to give you knowledge about salvation. And you're going to preach the message of salvation and call his people to repent from their sins. Here it is. John was coming to prepare us to receive the Lord who was coming to redeem us. I like this because Zacharias, under the power of the Holy Spirit, is proclaiming to all who are listening what exactly John's ministry was going to be. He's proclaiming how John was going to serve the Lord and how he was going to live out his days. Beloved, we can learn here that we too have a call on our lives. To live out our days just like John. We too ought to live out our days, Brother Gibson, proclaiming the good news that Jesus is coming and that he is coming to save us from our sins. We too ought to live out our days in a prophetic manner, living up to the word of God that's been pronounced over our lives. Can I tell you that every Sunday that you come in New Beginnings and you sit in this seat, the word of God is being proclaimed over your life. Whether you like what it says or not, it's being proclaimed. And it's up to you to believe it and to walk in obedience as to what it has to say. I got to leave you now. But I want to look at what we've talked about. We've looked at God's divine proclamation. We've looked at God's divine power. We've looked at God's divine person. Let me land it by closing now with God's divine provision. The text says in verse 78, through the tender mercy of our God, with the day spring from on high. He says to John that God has visited us to give light to those who sit in darkness and who sit under the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Beloved, this this portion of the verse arrested me this week because I saw something that I never saw before in reading this verse. The miracle was for Zacharias 
he gets a divine proclamation. He's reminding and being reminded of the divine power of God. He's been given a son who's a divine person from God, but he is now reminding us about the divine provision that comes from God. But look at what he focuses on. When you come to this portion of the text, you see God, God divinely providing provision, watch this now, that no one else in the universe can provide. Are you ready? If you're ready, see, I'm ready, Reverend. This text says that God was going to send John, that divine person, who was going to do a divine thing, preach a message, but God was going to do some personally something through John that only God could do. Because of the condition of mankind and the eternal destination of mankind, God was going to bring, y'all ready? Here it is, the first one. He was going to bring in the day spring. Somebody said, what is the day spring, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. The day spring is the Greek word for sunrise. The first thing he was going to do in his provision, he was going to bring a sunrise. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, uh, in order to understand the sunrise, you got to be a person that sat in the darkest hour of the morning. Had anybody here ever seen the sunrise? While you've been in total darkness. In fact, the night ain't as dark as until the sun begins to rise. Are you with me here? The picture is that all of humanity sat in darkness. And there was no sunrise. Are you listening here? And he says, God now is going to provide something that man can't provide for himself. Listen, the richest man in the universe can't pay the sun to rise. All the presidential powers in North America can't command the sun to race from the east to the west. Are you with me here? Who you know, Sister Bunch, can make the sun shine in all of its splendor? Even John in his majestic divine role didn't have authority to tell the sun, get up from your nap. Yeah. Are y'all listening here? He says, he says, God was going to bring the day spring. Here it is. Why? Because the people on earth were sitting in darkness. And death because of sin and Satan had a distress grip on them. God was going to send a messenger who was going to point them to the answer. John was that midnight warrior who was going to run around the village telling people, wake up, wake up, wake up. The sun is getting ready to rise. Are you listening here? He was going to be the dawn of a new day. Let me open this text again for you. Jesus was going to provide something that John could never provide. Demon text says, watch this. He was going to provide, Sister Wilson, tender mercy. You should circle that in your Bible. Because it's, it's, it's different. The adjective that describes mercy, usually you just see mercy and think, whoa, mercy. But now God's going to provide Okay, let me open it. All right, all right. Tender mercy, Reverend Billings, is mercy 
that is divine and mercy that was only sent from God. Let me give y'all a picture to look through. So when I was 16, I, I did something very bad. Uh, I committed a drive-by shooting and I hurt a lot of people. And I went to jail. And I was guilty, I did it. They found me guilty. My mama came to court. She was the only one on this side of the courtroom. That's my side. Everybody else was on that side. Are you with me here? Mama loved me, but she couldn't do nothing for me. She had mercy. But that dude on the bench had tender mercy. Y'all missed it. But y'all too righteous. Never done nothing. But what do you need tender mercy? He had the power to send me to prison. Because I was guilty. My crime said I've demanded a sentence. But in his tender mercy, he didn't give me what I deserve. Are y'all listening to me? Gave me another chance. In spite of evidence, I did the crime. God was tender. Y'all not listening. See, what you deserve is hell on the stick. But thank God. Not a savior can and didn't give you what you deserve. So you ought to watch how you treat people. Talking about you gonna get even. You don't want nobody to get even with you. Are you with me here? I feel like preaching. Can I preach at all? Tender mercies are personal and individualized blessings. Huh? Y'all catch it? I said individualized blessings. Ty, here it is. God has tender mercies on you, not like he has on me. His, his, his tenderized mercies are individualized. See, see, you might can't handle what he put me through. Okay, y'all missed it. It's what my mama used to do, right? I got the beating, but my little brothers then got a spanking. Y'all feel that, right? I can handle what they couldn't endure. Tender mercies consist of divine strength in the time of need. Stay with me. There's more. They consist of divine protection in the time of need. Can I turn the light on? Can I turn the light on? Tender mercies consist of divine guidance in the time of need. Tender mercies consist of God's loving kindness, his holy consolation, supernatural support, and spiritual gifts in spite of the one who don't deserve it. Uh, I don't want to say it, but I better say it. Y'all ain't gonna judge me? Tell your name, I ain't gonna judge you. So when I walked in the visiting room at the California Men's Colony on yesterday, I saw men who were just like me. Come on. Except they got caught. 
I was free. Y'all didn't hear me. Y'all missed your shouting point right there. I walked in the prison and walked out of the prison. But if they knew me like I knew me, they should have kept me while they had me. Are you listening? Can I roll? Can I come roll again? Divine tender mercy gives a person strength in the time of need. Gives them protection in the time of need. Consists of divine guidance, deliverance in the time of need. It don't mean, James, that you deserve it. It means that God decided I'm going to do something different with you. And because you don't even know what you what, what I should do for you, I'm going to give you strength to do it. I'm going to open the door for it to happen. I'm going to guide it, and I'm going to protect you all the way through the process. See, if you ain't never been through nothing, you can't shout right there. If you don't really know, you ain't in touch with your sinful nature, you can't really say amen right there. If you ain't never did something and been caught for doing it, you, you can't say amen right there. The fact is that you're free. You're in the house of God and you're alive to talk about it. This room is filled with tender mercy. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? When I look at this text, God was coming to provide something that John couldn't provide. Yeah, God was coming. He was going to do something that no man could do. That's why you shout at Christmas. It ain't about what's under the tree. It's about what he did on the tree. I'm through. I got all my notes. I'm, I'm going to leave it alone. I'm through when I tell you. Verse 80 blew me away. I'm always looking for the hook in the Exodus when I preach at the beginnings. Because I know you expect clear, direct, exegetical preaching. You might not like it, but you come saying, this crazy man going to say something. Let me go here. Look at verse 80. So the child grew. After his daddy, the preacher, proclaimed the power and the provision that was going to be over his life. The child grew. Uh, come on. If you're a member here, shame on you if you ain't growing. It ain't because I ain't preaching. Here it is. It's, it's, it's from a word that we don't like to use. We say it's not politically correct. But your growth is retarded. That means there's something happening physiologically that makes you reject the supernatural word of God. You cannot sit under this kind of preaching and not grow. You're not growing because you're in opposition to what God has to say. And you have to literally sit here every day and go, ah! Right. But you keep coming back. The child grew. And became strong in the spirit. 
And watch this. And I see all the, you see all the conjunctions. And he was in the deserts. Uh oh. Until the day of his manifestation to Israel. Now that verse is loaded. Can I unpack it and get out of your way? I find in this passage, Big Emmanuel, Dr. Luke, under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, reveals something that God wants the reader to know about this miracle baby named John. Instead of John, the miracle baby, watch this now, enjoying the comfortable life of a priest, like his daddy Zacharias was, right? John's assignment was to live in the wilderness. Now, to be a Bible reader, you understand that right there. Zacharias would have preached in one of these. He would have been soft, Bijou daughter. He would have lived in the hill countries and the soft places. Are you with me here? He would have had a temple lifestyle. But John was to reject the lifestyle of ease. He was going to be brought up at a time to go through the wilderness. Scholars call it the Essenes community. They were desert people. And that's why when you read about his life, it talks about him wearing a, a camel-breasted suit. His meal. You know, I told you what his meal was. Fried chicken and honey mustard. Come on, right? Wild locusts and honey was his diet. He was going to discipline himself, Ralph. That's what the text is teaching us. Discipline himself physically and spiritually. Waiting for the day when God would send him out to prepare Israel for the arrival of the Messiah. He wasn't no ordinary man. He was born as a baby, just stating in the womb of his mother, already endowed with the power of the Spirit of God. This wasn't no normal baby. Tell somebody, we don't have normal babies. This baby came with a call on his life. And from the world, he was set apart to live differently from other men. I need to talk. Can I just, can I, y'all mind if I pass right here for a minute? I want to talk to the preacher's kids and to the preachers. You are different, pre-Ks. You come in the world under a different authority. That's why you don't fit into the culture. You don't have to, PKs, fit into the culture. God has proclaimed over your life through the voice of your daddy that you're to be different. That's why you don't fit in, Junior. You don't never fit in. You're called to have a different diet. A different uniform. Because you're living under the divine mandate of God. Are you with me here? And he don't ever send the preacher's kids so y'all can leave them alone. He don't ever send the preacher's kids to the school of ease. They all must live in the wilderness. Why? Because it's in the wilderness where he prepares them to speak to the culture. He can't prepare you to speak to the culture if the culture is inside of you.
I'm through. But this baby was going to be a gift to humanity. In fact, his name means Jehovah's gift. Johannes. But here's what I like about this text. I'm through. I'm going to get off of it. Because I was really working on the sermon for my next pastor's conference. And I'm going to title this sermon, What Happens When the Preacher Gets His Voice Back? When I look at this text, John wasn't going to be like his daddy. He wasn't called to go the route of the priesthood. Uh -uh. He wasn't going to be like the teachers in the temple. He wasn't going to be like the scribes or the Pharisees. He wasn't, or rather, he was going to be like nothing anybody had ever seen before. John was unique. He was set apart. He was focused, precision-like, hardcore. Watch this. He was on earth brown, but his mind was in heaven. That was my prayer this morning. God, let me walk on earth, but keep my mind at your throne. This baby was born to live and preach the good news. I'm closing now. Y'all bored. I'll let you go. Here's the application. Just like John, God calls us today to believe and proclaim his good news. Everybody. Women, children, older people, everybody in here. You've been called to proclaim his good news. You must be unique in 2019. You must be set apart. You must be focused. You must be precision-like in your life on earth. You must not fit in. You must stand out. You must be hardcore when it comes to the things of God. You too must have your body on earth but your mind in heaven. You must be reminded that we have been born to live and preach the good news. We have to live in the wilderness of this world, beloved. And in the wilderness, there will be hardships. Come on, listen to me. In the wilderness, there's going to be dismay. In the wilderness, there's going to be suffering. In the wilderness, there's going to be difficulty. In the wilderness, there's going to be obstacles. So don't cry when they come. Just cry through them. Because he promised to dry your tears. Nevertheless, you've been called by God. Cassandra, daughter, niece, you've been called to live there, train there, serve there, travel there, give there, prepare there, just like John. He was never alone in the wilderness. God was willing, little Carly. He was willing. And I'm glad he was a wilderness man. I'm glad he wasn't soft around the edges. I'm glad he wasn't weak in his commitment to God. I'm glad he was called and he lived in a difficult time to do a difficult thing. But he went to the wilderness to be alone, to be trained for the work that was set before him. He was a miracle. Thank the Lord for this miracle. Thank the Lord 
for this divine proclamation. Yes, sir. Thank the Lord for divine power. Thank the Lord for a divine person. And thank the Lord for a divine provision. Can I tell you why I'm thankful? Because it was this miracle that would point to a greater miracle that all of humanity was waiting to see. The miracle of salvation that was to come. His name, Emmanuel. God with us. And when God's miracle came, he proclaimed that he was the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus proclaimed that no man would take his life, but he'd lay it down. And if he laid it down, he'd take it up again. Jesus displayed his power by setting the captives free. Didn't he set people free? Those who were demon-possessed, he set free. Those who were arrested by illness, he set free. Jesus came liberating the prisoner, doing miracles on earth. Those who were suffering over the injustice of humanity, he liberated with the power of his word. He displayed his power by setting folks free. And I'm so glad that he empowered divine people to do things on earth. Just like little Mary. He empowered her to be the mother of the Savior of the world. The 12 disciples, 12 messed up men, he empowered and endorsed for ministry. Remember Simon the Cyrenian? When Jesus was on his way to Calvary, God empowered him to help him carry his cross. And out on the cross, God gave provision to rescue mankind. Can I call Rome? In order to save you and I, here it is, he gave his hands to the nails. In order to save you and I, he gave his feet to the nails. Gave his head to the crown of thorns. Providing for you and I a way out of our sinful condition. Can I preach it all? Out on the cross, gave his side to the spear. So out can flow blood and water, blood for the remission of your sins and washing for the cleansing of your soul. He was providing all the way up God got this here. The greatest thing he provided was his own life. Can I say some more? Oh, here it is. He died. Didn't he die? So that you can have everlasting life. Took his body down. Put him in another man's tomb. And early, I said early, Sunday morning, provided a way through the grave by raising back to life. Now the grave ain't nothing but a closet. I step in one side and exit out through the other because Jesus has paid it all. Jesus has set us free. He said, I am the way the truth and the life. And no man comes to the Father except by me. I got to leave you now. Said I got to leave you now. But I was arrested by Clay Harrison, the great poet who writes this piece on being a miracle. Listen just a moment. He says, miracles can be large or small according 
to God's plan. And they need no explanation for the unbelieving man. The heavens declare his glory. The harvest proclaims his love. With the faith of a mustard seed, we've seen his star up above. The rose gives way to winter and lies beneath the snow. To resurrect in springtime with all the rivers flow. The spider spins a mighty web, perfect in every way. And the colors of the rainbow chase the gloom away. The birds fly south each winter with faith beneath their wings. And the lullaby of summer is sweet when the robin sings. He says, some say there are no miracles. Some say there is no God. But as for me, I believe when I see the rose blossoms pie. Wow. He uses the analogy of nature to talk about the miracle of God. I'm thankful for Brother Harrison, but I didn't need him to tell me about nature. When I look across this room, there's a miracle in every chair in here. You should have been dead a long time ago. You shouldn't have made it through the stuff you made it through. The fact that we're here in church today is enough for me to say thank you, hallelujah, and glory to God in the highest. Let's give God some praise.